Welcome, I'm Jennifer Lundblad, President and CEO of Stratus Health. It's my pleasure to host a series of brief podcasts celebrating our 50th anniversary throughout 2021. Today, Dr. Kevin Larson, currently the Senior Vice President of Clinical Innovation and Translation for Optum Labs, and formerly in leadership roles with the Federal Agencies of Health and Human Services, joins me to discuss how new ways, new views, and new approaches to health information technology help support rapid and continuous change that leads to improving care for all. Welcome, Kevin. I'd like to first take a look at the most obvious challenge we are facing. As we emerge from a pandemic that has upended the entire healthcare system, what is the role of health information technology and telehealth solutions in whatever the new normal environment will be? We had a dramatic sea change during this time. We saw changes we didn't anticipate that we could do at the speed and at the scale. The school systems went online, people's jobs went online, and healthcare went online. And technology that was already in place, but now people were saying, gee, how can I use FaceTime? How can I use Zoom? How can I use tools that I already know and do really different things in healthcare? Uh, I also think there is a calibration that will happen. That So now we're in this calibration phase saying, how do we know which consumers most want online tele, which consumers most want in person? How do we actually fit the need to the service? It's going to take us a bit to figure what that new normal is, but we had a dramatic scaling activity that happened and is sustained. It just calls to mind for me that cliche, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. So let's be smarter yeah. when we come out of it. And to your point about quality, the NCQA released a paper thinking about how we can measure quality in, in telehealth. It's an important topic. It's an important topic for the government. It's an important topic for consumers. I think we don't yet know what that looks like. So you've been involved in several high profile and really successful projects related to making healthcare truly equitable, integrated personalized what we were just talking about and affordable for everyone. I'm curious how you think health information technology helps improve health equity. And if I can be really candid, does technology equalize or further exacerbate disparities and systemic racism? So I think it does both. And I think we have to be really careful about how we implement and especially how we build payment programs. Work we did at the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT said that Latina women were the most likely to use their phones to purchase things through e-commerce. So that in some domains, people of different races and ethnicities actually are really heavy users of technology in ways that others are not. So there's often this assumption that if you're in a historically marginalized community that you'll have kind of less digital access. That can be true, but it isn't always true. So this is a program and technology design question. Who's using the technology in what way now? How are they comfortable? How do we meet them where they at, they're at and how do we support them where they're at? The last bit of my time at HHS was with the Indian Health Service. And we did a big analysis of how to get the health IT infrastructure for the Indian Health Service modernized. And a lot of that work was focused on broadband access. So the issues in the rural and frontier areas like the Aleutian Islands and the clinic we have at the bottom of Grand Canyon were all about they have no internet. 
And so you can't solve any of this without first getting some internet. So the advocacy there has been around telephonic access as opposed to all this virtual video working with the sickle cell disease program. It's really hard for a lot of people living with sickle cell disease to see an expert. Well, imagine a national network where you could do telehealth visits. Suddenly, it doesn't matter where you live and you could get to see a sickle cell disease expert if we can build the right kind of matching and the right kind of cross-jurisdictional licensure and, and practice arrangements. I'm curious about your thoughts on why we haven't made the advances in patient engagement with healthcare technology that we have in consumer use of technology in virtually every other area. I can do so many things on my phone, and yet healthcare hasn't moved there in the same ways. As we talk to consumers, a lot of the things they want are cost, convenience. They want all of the information integrated in one place. As one of my friends says, healthcare is still a medieval industry. We're a craft. And as I think about a bunch of the healthcare marketplace, it is still a lot of small mom and pop stores. Those are really difficult industries to make seamless and interconnect in a truly user-friendly way because they're also interdependent, right? You To get a full service as a patient, it's not just about your doctor. That requires a level of technology adoption and ease of data sharing across all parts of that industry to give you the experience that I hear most consumers want. Let me schedule online. Let me talk to my doctor online. Help me find the lowest cost thing of all of the different options that I have. There's a lot of work moving in that direction and a lot of bright spot examples, but we still have a heavy lift to go to make the rest of the industry ready for that kind of real-time data integration, that sort of Google Maps-like ability, or for you to pick a restaurant and order online. You know, Imagine being able to do that to your doctor. It is getting there, but we don't have it yet. What's next in digital transformation? And do you think Google, Amazon, Apple will take over, I'm using air quotes, take over healthcare? So those big companies have worked and tried to to jump in here and they're going to continue to do so, continue to make big investments. Healthcare is a difficult industry to break into if you're not healthcare native. I think there's room in this gigantic industry for all of us. And I don't think that anyone will become the monopoly anytime soon because we are so big and so complicated. We need lots of creative breakthrough thinking in healthcare, or we're not going to get to where we want to be. I know you are striving to substantially improve health around the globe. While Stratus Health is focused on building bridges between healthcare and communities, how do you envision maximizing both macro and micro approaches in ways that truly lead to a fair and equitable healthcare system? What we need to do is find local success, find the places of positive deviance, and really support that positive deviance and let it grow and flourish and then figure out which parts of it are transportable and how best to transport it. So I'm a big believer in that approach. I've been working in Optum Labs for us to do community-based participatory research. How do we bring the community members in and change our locus of control from an entirely sort of insider doctory point of view to say, hey, What are the questions that the community has? What are the hypotheses and the positive deviance that we see happening? And then how do we study that and understand it? And how do we figure out how those things can be widely disseminated and implemented in other places?
I love that notion around community. And we've started at Stratus Health to think of community as our unit of action. There are definitely people deeply connected and supported by community. And there are other people that are isolated from community. And they're isolated from community for any number of reasons. So the question is, how do how does community rise up to help and support those isolated people? I think sometimes community is a shorthand word for volunteer. And we can't actually replace the paid for healthcare system in a volunteer healthcare system. So how do we really finance this? How do we make this not be a burden? Uh, I think those are some big questions we've got to ask as we think about leveraging community resources. It's thought of as this cheap alternative, but we're going to have to find other ways to not overburden our volunteers. And to not undervalue any longer what those services and supports are. Exactly right. So we're, we're working right now to think through what would it look like to do some amount of skilled nursing facility at home. We think there's probably a better opportunity for this intermediate intensity where you need help with bathing, you need help with physical therapy, but you'd rather be in your own bed and you'd rather have your own food and you'd rather be around your family than to be in a skilled nursing facility. So how is it we could think through a model where we bring that skilled nursing facility set of supports to a home environment? And what would it take? What's the payment model? We have to do payment innovation here as well as doing the services and tech innovation. There's a lot of technology that can help there. There are a lot of things about passive home monitoring that could help. And what our discussion, our experts are telling us, it's not so much about getting heart rate monitors on everybody, but it's simple things like scales. And are you able to walk in your home straightforwardly? And if you fell, would we have a signal to help you get support and get out of bed? And those are some of the, the home monitoring things that would be important in that kind of environment. It isn't the really fancy, high-tech, um, medicalized ICU approach. I'm heartened to know that smart, compassionate, thoughtful innovators like you are pushing the envelope on this. So thank you so much for joining me today as we mark Stratus Health's 50th anniversary and most importantly, our appreciation for all that you do to make lives better. 